Hello, and welcome to the Facilitating Extraordinary podcast. My name's Travis, and I'm joined with Al Faber today from the Baldridge Foundation. Al, thanks for being on the show with us. Excited to be here with you today, Travis. Yeah, that's great. Al, you know, I was trying to think about how far we've gone back. Um, I think as long as I've been connected with the Baldridge work, um, you and I have gone back several years. So it's a real privilege to have you um, on the show today and just talking about a lot of the work that's happening in the Baldridge world and um, want to give you a chance to talk about the Baldridge Foundation too a little bit. So I know you and I go way back, but for those people that don't, don't know you, Al, why don't you give us a background and just a brief introduction? Sure, Travis. Uh, well, I spent 33 years in the Army and rose to the rank of Colonel, leading a rather large organization with more than 65 facilities and 11,500 employees and soldiers, as well as a $2 billion real property budget. And in managing that organization, we used Baldrige because believe it or not, the Army has its own internal Baldrige program based solely on the criteria and they call it Army Communities of Excellence. And within the Army Communities of Excellence program, the organization I led used the framework for more than 12 years and still uses it today. And I retired 10 years ago and still uses it today to lead and manage the organization. Um, we were, while I was there, national award recipients within that program three times, and you have to sit out three years in between. So for nine straight years, uh, we were considered one of the best organizations in the Army. So upon retirement, uh, I decided to use that Baldridge experience and the leadership experience I had, and the local state program in Ohio asked me to become their CEO. And in doing that, over a three and a half year period, we also noticed that Indiana, right next door, and Charleston or West Virginia, just to the south of us, uh, did not have a program either. So we extended our state program, the Ohio Partnership for Excellence, to those two states and became the Partnership for Excellence, covering all three. So we were one of the first regional programs out there and extremely successful. And that's where I met you when you yeah. came on board as an examiner for the first time. Uh, after doing that for about three and a half years in 2014, I came up to the Baldridge Foundation here in Washington, D.C., and have been leading the foundation ever since. And it's been an honor and a privilege to do so because I have the opportunity to represent all of those state programs, uh, just like the Partnership for Excellence, where I came from, as well as other Baldridge organizations across the country. And tell your story, not only to members of Congress through our advocacy work, but also around the country and now around the world. And so it is a, a, an exciting job that I wake up every day, can't wait to get to work and still love every minute of it. Yeah, and, and I can tell you, Al, from my perspective, back from my early days with TPE, seeing the contributions that you've made to this community and the work through the foundation is incredible. And I do want to make sure we have a little bit more time to talk about some of the impact that you, you had with the foundation. But, you, you know, you've talked about your background in the Army doing this stuff. Um, you've been doing this your whole professional career. And I think it's easy to say that you, um, if this didn't work, this framework 
um, didn't work, you would have lost um, hope in this, but you, you've stayed connected through this throughout your professional career. What's, what's fascinating to me is that there's still a large part of, part of our population that doesn't even know what Baldridge is. Um, I know I get that question a lot. Um, how do you respond to that when, when someone comes up to you and says, you know, what, what is Baldridge? Well, first of all, we, what we know is that Baldridge is the most validated leadership and management framework sharing best practices than any other framework that I'm aware of. And so every organization needs something to help guide their organization in terms of doing a self-assessment to ensure that they're on track, fully integrated, using systems thinking across the depth and breadth of their organization. That's what attracted it to me. Um, the same reason that I got involved with Baldrige is the same reason many people came to me as a state program director to get into Baldrige. And that was, we have an efficient, effective organization, but we're siloed. And we have pockets of success, but we need to share that success evenly across the organization, create stronger organizational alignment, and common purpose in terms of achieving our mission and our vision. And so what Baldrige gives you and gives every single stakeholder in the organization this clear line of sight from the important work that they do as an individual or as a team all the way to the top of the organization and what the organization's trying to achieve in terms of organizational goals and objectives that support the mission and the vision of the organization. That clear line of sight is invaluable to get everybody on the same sheet of music, and that is the great culture piece of Baldridge. Because with Baldridge, we know we have process and we have cultural transformation. Now, almost every leader, including myself, will tell you that culture trumps process every time. It eats it for lunch. But the two are inextricably tied because what process brings us through the science of management is the disciplined day in and day out guidelines that we need to be efficient and effective and to measure what we're doing to ensure that we're constantly improving from where we're at. So it's this continuous improvement cycle. What the culture piece gives us is the art of leadership because we know that we lead people and we manage things like processes. And so if you want to have a strong culture that supports process, you have to have that leadership piece. And the leadership piece is an art. And so once you have the mix and the commitment of both of those, what you end up getting is, one, you get consistency. Because consistency is created through culture. In other words, you could have the best process in the world. But if people don't bring that process to life in a, not just a disciplined way, but in a way that they understand so that they can make decisions that are customer focused at the right time in the right place, which may not be aligned fully or articulated in a process, but they know it's the right decision to make. And how do they know? Because they understand the mission, the vision, the values of the organization and the decision that they need to make to ensure that it is an alignment with the culture. 
And that's consistency. That's people. And so, again, this, this blending of process and culture is what the framework, in my opinion, does better than any other framework I've ever had the opportunity to work with. Yeah, that, that was beautiful, Alan. I, I loved so much about that response. Um, you know, so much of this work is that cultural piece that um, you set up beautifully, that the culture can eat process for, you know, lunch every day. Um, and, and this framework um, is just a nice structure to help organizations think through from a systems perspective, which is another key term you mentioned there, thinking about how all of this kind of aligns and integrates from kind of a process perspective, listening to your customers um, I just, you know, like you, I haven't found anything better than the framework at helping organizations address all of the things that you mentioned in, in your response. So, um, and it's hard to describe. You can't just, you know, it's not a one sentence answer when people say, what is Baldridge? It's, it, it's all of those processes. It's all that cultural piece. And, you know, the, the theory and prediction is if you do the process side of Baldridge with the right cultural piece and leadership that you end up with world-class results. So um, thanks for answering it that way. It was really well stated. Um, you know, you mentioned that you've been doing this work your entire professional career. You know, what would you say, Al, you know, from a personal perspective, what's been some of the most meaningful work that you've been able to accomplish through Baldridge? Well, that's a tough question, uh, Travis, but I'll, um, I'll take a stab at it at very different levels. Um, the first one is what I've always enjoyed is classroom training. So examiner training and conducting examiner training or giving presentations about the value of Baldridge and how it can empower and truly help an organization achieve its goals. Um, I enjoy that because that's, that's up close, it's personal, it's working with people, examiners and volunteers and judges, organizational supporters, and, and then working with uh, potential um, applicants down the road. And, and so that would be the next level. It's mm -hmm. uh, a story, you know, I can remember back to, as an example, in Indiana, um, being there on the very first day that Memorial Hospital and Healthcare System dipped their toe in the water to experiment with Baldridge. And so we're in this conference room and we're all huddled around with the senior leadership team and Kyle Bennett was there. And it was his first day as the CEO of that healthcare system. And Lori Perjean, uh, who was the point person at the time for them was there and, and uh, the whole team. And so I had the opportunity to talk about why they should come on board with the Partnership for Excellence, the support that we could give them and wrap around them, the encouragement that they would receive along the way. And so we watched that organization come on board with us and continue to grow year in and year out. And then once I was at the national level, I had the opportunity to walk up on that stage and to congratulate all of them because they had become national award recipients. And more importantly, than national award recipients, national role models. And so the, org, the thousands of organizations across the United States that have had the opportunity to look at their application online at NIST in the Baldrige Program website, listen to them, give countless 
briefings and presentations and conferences, uh, individual conferences, to welcome them into their organization with uh, sharing days. It's just empowered so many hospitals and other types of organizations because cross-sector is also important, but mostly a lot of rural healthcare organizations just like them that have invaluably learned from all that they have achieved and that role model performance and the processes and the culture and all of those things that they did along the way to achieve those results. That is tremendously rewarding. Now, in addition to that at the national level, it's always great and personally rewarding for me to do what we do here at the Baldridge Foundation. One, the advocacy work, talking to members of Congress, the administration, senior leaders and other foundations around the country about the importance of Baldridge and the impact that Baldridge has into the economy. As Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross said in 2017 at the awards ceremony for Baldridge, Baldridge contributes more than $1 billion, and that's what the B, mm-hmm. $1 yeah. billion dollars back into the American economy each and every year in terms of how it empowers organizations to be so much better than they were previously. And so that is a great story to tell and a significant part of the work that we do here to ensure that every member of Congress recognizes the value of Baldridge and the administration continues to support it. The other half of the mission, the other half of the foundation mission is promoting performance excellence around the world and within the United States. And that's really telling the story of all these great volunteers, examiners, judges, organizations, state programs, and all those who are using Baldridge so that people can become a part of that infectious sort of culture that gets them excited about taking Baldridge on and using it as their organizational framework. Yeah, I, Al, I'm just sitting here. I'm, I'm smiling a little bit because um, so much of what you said there, um, I remember when Memorial accepted their award at Quest and um, just envisioning you being there for them early journey when they were just getting this work kicked off to seeing them accept that uh, presidential award. Um, I, the one thing I remember about Kyle's presentation when he accepted that award was his last slide. He had the number, I think it was like 37, and it was just the big number. And he said, you know, we're, we're receiving this award, but this is the number of opportunities for improvement that we still have organizationally to help us keep getting better. And I think, you know, that's what the, the framework is, is about, is continuous improvement. So hearing you help them get that kicked off to seeing them all the way to that maturity level, um, that's extremely rewarding. And then now continuing to promote this type of work in Washington, D.C., with the type of one billion, I mean, that is significant of, you know, what this program puts back into the nation. Um, So that's um, lots of meaningful work um, that you've been a part of, Al, and um, thanks for sharing that story. I didn't know you were part of that early journey work for them. It's very cool. Um, So all of that, you know, lots of meaning behind this work um, and the foundation um, mission for sure. 
if you had a crystal ball and could look into the future, what, what does the future of Baldridge look like from your perspective? I think it looks bright, Travis. And, and there's every indication out there to believe that. And, and I'll give you a few examples. Um, one of them is each and every year, the Baldridge program at the states, throughout the states and the state programs, as well at the national level, begins to grow. We had six award recipients who had not the COVID-19 uh, pandemic cross path with us, uh, would have been up on that stage this year. And that is an exciting time. Um, the Baldridge Foundation was able to get Baldridge back in the budget in 2018, and it has tremendous support with Walt Copen, the Undersecretary of Commerce and Director of NIST. It has support of Secretary Wilbur Ross in the Department of Commerce. And we've been in the budget now, the president's budget for the last two years after being taken out of the budget in 2011. That shows the commitment of the federal government to the Baldridge and Baldridge process. In addition to that, it's expanding. A recent task force at the national level which involves co-chaired by Secretary Ross and Ivanka Trump is looking at workforce recognition using a Baldridge type construct. And Director Bob Fangmeyer is involved in helping to facilitate that process and oversee it to make sure that it gets to the finish line and that we can recognize organizations who are knocking it out of the park when it comes to workforce development. So people are beginning to see all of the different ways that Baldridge can be used. Two other examples that you have to point out. One, our move into cybersecurity, leveraging the popular and universal, and it truly is universal because every organization out there, for the most part that I know of, uses the NIST cybersecurity framework developed by some of the brightest cybersecurity minds in the world. And Baldridge has taken that with their 30 years of experience and the Baldridge framework and developed the Baldridge Cybersecurity Excellence Builder, which is being talked about in so many circles as the most comprehensive risk organizational risk assessment tool for cybersecurity that is out there today. And two of my key board members in supporting that are Russ Branzell, who is the CEO of the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives, upon which every CIO in the country in healthcare belongs to, and that very project of creating the Baldrige Cybersecurity Excellence Builder was the brainchild of Tony Scott. And Tony Scott was the Chief Information Officer for the United States under the Obama administration. And so having also been the CIO of Disney, General Motors, and Microsoft itself, he brings enormous experience, credibility, and just star power to the future of cybersecurity and Baldridge. In addition to those, we also have Communities of Excellence 2026, where we have taken the Baldridge construct and modified it to treat a community like an organization and bring communities leaders together from every sector to help them use the Baldridge process with a community framework to increase the vitality, the healthcare, 
the education, and the government and business outcomes to include nonprofits of communities nationwide. Now, why that's important is because we know at the federal level that whenever you give money out for a program across America, it's never a cookie cutter approach. There's no garden variety solution to anything in this country. Actually, we're seeing that right now with the COVID-19 crisis, where we're seeing rural areas that are not as hard hit, but urban areas that right now are really struggling, like New York City. So if you can take Baldridge and apply it at the community level, what you get are community-specific solutions to very complex problems that are unique to their community. And that is the power and the leverage that Baldridge can create across this country in every community and create what we call communities of excellence. That is going to be a powerful future for Baldridge. Yeah, that, that's really reassuring to hear you say those things, Al. One, you know, getting the, fro- the, the Baldridge program funded, um, that's a big deal. The, the cybersecurity framework, I've actually got friends that are in that space who use the Baldridge Excellence Builder um, as their main uh, framework in helping address cybersecurity needs. And then I think um, we're just getting started with the communities of excellence work and what that could do to dramatically um, connect and align and integrate communities um, in ways that maybe have never been thought about before. So it, it is a bright future. And one of the things that I've always loved about um, the Baldridge framework itself is that you know, it really teaches you how to kind of ask really good questions from a systems perspective. If there's a young leader maybe listening to us that's interested in learning more about Baldridge, where would you point them? Where would you have them go? Well, what most uh, people who have been in Baldridge will tell you over the years, the best way to learn Baldridge is to become an examiner and not just an examiner one time, because the first time you're just struggling to get through it because it's tough. Yeah, right. It is. You're you know, so as, right. as Larry Potterfield likes to say, uh, it's an MBA. It's yeah. a master's degree in Baldridge administration. <laughs> That's and, great. So, and so that first year is really tough. That second year, it's a little bit easier, but you begin to understand it more. So you start connecting more and more of the dots. And by the time you hit that third year, in your mind, everything is starting to fully come together in an integrated way so that you can truly see the impact across all seven categories in a systems way, what it is you're looking at and its impact throughout the rest of the organization as an examiner. What that allows is for you to create better advice through written comments, the feedback report that examiners provide, pointing out strengths that an organization can leverage and opportunities for improvement or a gap analysis for the organization that the organization can use to increase its performance. And so that is a great place to start. Beyond that, you might want to consider someday becoming a judge if you've been around long enough. Once you become a judge, you truly get to see a number of organizations out there and you get to actually, um, apply the criteria at a much higher level. And so if you stick around for those five, six, seven years, and and you really want to immerse yourself in Baldridge, uh, some of the best, most brightest 
Baldridge um, ambassadors that I've ever met are those who have served as judges, either in a state program or at the national program. And so that opportunity is there as well. But organizationally, get involved with your Baldridge writing team and the Baldridge assessment development team within your organization as well. And that's where you get to leverage and capitalize on that examiner experience that you get. And so I'll give you an example. In the organization that I led that I talked about earlier, we had seven full colonels in the Army who reported to me who were all category champions. And then with beneath them, we had seven lieutenant colonels that we called category coaches. And those were the people who were steeped in Baldrige, who had been to um, examiner training, who had been serving in the Army as examiners, volunteer examiners, going around to other organizations for a couple of years. And then beneath them, we had majors and captains and warrant officers and sergeants from the enlisted rank and built a team of about seven to 10 people across each of the seven categories. What that became for us and for me personally was the best professional development tool that any senior leader could ask for. Because what it did, it immersed the organization in this Baldridge framework that we said we were using to guide us and help us run our organization. It showed commitment. The other thing that it did in handpicking those people across all seven of those categories and on that entire team was it told the rest of the organization, if you wanted to get on the fast track to a higher rank and increasing responsibility, you had better be on that team the team that was leading the organization and the team that was assessing the organization and being a part of our leadership and management construct using the framework. That became our best professional development program. And so my recommendation to organizations starting is to try to take that same approach. The more people you pull into it across the organization, the more people you will have committed to your success. Yeah, couldn't agree more. We've seen that over and over with some of the clients that we've worked with is, you know, tapping some of these people on the shoulders, investing in them, giving them some of these more advanced skills. Um, that's how you start to move and transform organizations and, you know, assigning those categories and those category coaches like you outlined um, that, that has to be a best practice. So thanks for sharing that, Al. I feel like I could talk to you for hours on this stuff. So really appreciate you, you coming on. But I want to ask you a couple more quick questions. Um, you know, you, your new role now is connected to the Baldridge Foundation. Why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, again, you mentioned the mission of the foundation maybe talk a little bit more about the foundation then. If people are interested in contributing to the foundation, how best can they learn more and maybe even give um, to help, you know, to help the cause? Well, I'll give you one of our uh, newest um, uh, approaches here that we've taken at the foundation to giving back to the communities, to sharing best practices and to helping organizations succeed. Um, the foundation has recently created the Baldridge Foundation Institute for Performance Excellence. We have attracted 
very, very senior level investors, organizational supporters who become trustees of the Institute. And the first three that we had on board as an example were the Baldrige family who helped us get it started, Adventist Health in California, and Stellar Solutions in California. And there are others coming on board with us almost weekly now. In addition to that, an organization can become a partner of the Institute. And becoming a partner of the Institute, there are opportunities for classroom, professional, executive level training discounts, uh, online training to include Lean Six Sigma training, which we now do online and discounts for that. Deeper sharing of best practices, resources that you would expect any institute to have, uh, very private webinars uh, with some senior leaders around the country uh, that are extremely interesting. Again, like Tony Scott with cybersecurity or with Russ Branzell with healthcare information management and security, uh, cybersecurity and others uh, that we have on our board and that we're connected to around the country. So to learn more about the Baldrige Institute for Performance Excellence, you can go to our website, take a look in the upper left-hand corner and you'll see Institute for Performance Excellence. Click on that and it will take you to the Institute's new website. And so that is an exciting new opportunity. And as an example, uh, one of the things that we are doing during this national emergency and pandemic is as an example, next Tuesday, we're conducting a webinar at one o'clock in the afternoon, which will be March the 31st. Uh, it'll be available afterwards as a download from the Institute's website for free for anybody who wants to watch it. But that webinar is going to bring together some of the most senior people in the country and people who are on the front lines right now in counties across the United States in this pandemic COVID-19 fight. And they're going to be given a situational update on what's taking place out there. And we are going to talk about some best practice solutions that counties and healthcare organizations can employ to manage the chaos more effectively and more efficiently. And so again, that's next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. The webinar is free. And you can connect to our website if you would, which, uh, and there's an announcement out there as well, if you'd like to dial into it. Uh, that's just one new exciting opportunity that we have uh, for people to connect to us and to take available of the resources that we can make available to help them. That's great, Al. And I'm going to try to dial into that webinar too. Um, you know, given the current state of COVID-19, I, I think the more we can align and um, support each other, the better. So kudos to you and the foundation for offering that, um, you know, again, free of charge. Um, Al, thank you so much for spending time with us on um, the podcast today. Again, I've appreciated learning from you ever since I've been plugged into the Baldridge um, work. And I know Jan and Tammy, um, my colleagues have always appreciated the work that you're doing with the foundation and Baldridge. So um, thank you again for the time. And um, who knows, maybe I'll get you back on for a future episode and we can dive deeper into some of this. Oh, that sounds great. I really appreciate the opportunity here, Travis. And to my good friends, uh, Jan and Tammy, keep doing the great work that you're doing producing stellar organizations and future national award recipients. 
the work that you do every day truly makes a difference. Uh, to all those examiners who are out there that may be listening and all those volunteers and state program directors around the country, hang in there. There's a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to this current national emergency. And then we'll be back to business working with organizations uh, to hit the ground running and helping them become more successful. Until then, uh, stay safe, everybody. Uh, follow the president's guidelines out there on slowing the spread. Do your individual part and see if you can help out somewhere in your community when the opportunity arises. Thanks again, Travis.